0: Our guest today, Dr. Lib Liberatori, is a retired specialist in orthodontics. He graduated from St. Michael's College in Vermont and from the University of Pennsylvania as a DMD and established a practice in Brewer, Maine, in 1973. Eight years later, he went to Boston University and completed a two-year residency in orthodontics and returned to Maine, uh, for which we are very thankful. Uh, Maine is, <laughs> has such a shortage of dentists and established a specialty practice here in orthodontics. Lib married his wife, Jean, in 1974. They have four grown children. He became involved with Brewer Youth Hockey and became an on-ice coach, but had to retire in 2010 when he lost his left leg after many surgeries, and his remaining leg has undergone multiple surgeries. For the past five years, Lib has been volunteering at MANA, uh, a Bangor Soup Kitchen, where he entertains on the piano with ragtime, boogie-woogie, and catchy tunes, much to the delight of all. And I should add that uh, that soup kitchen is now operating out of my church, and Lib is playing my late mother Grace's Baldwin piano. Two years ago, as the result of a stroke, Lib experienced an NDE. Uh, Lib, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Thank you, Lee, and, and a special
0: thank you to your mother, Grace, for that piano. Oh, I thank her every time I hear you play. Uh, Lib, you told me um, that uh, your NDE did not change the direction of your life, which I know has happened for many experiencers, but rather affirmed it. So, what was it in, in your former, your pre-life, your, your pre-NDE life that uh, uh, formed your philosophy?
1: Well, I went to a Catholic high school, I uh-huh. went to a Catholic college, uh, I kind of uh, had a very spiritual bent, and I really tried to, uh, I knew my religion, and I became interested in other religions and what was the, the basic thing, and it always boiled down to me very simply, just be good to each other, to help those that have less. And uh, to, to try to be moral and upright. So it was for me the NDE was just a sort of a confirmation. I, I really didn't think I was coming back, and I really wasn't looking to come back. I was after multiple surgeries, and 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 I in the NDE itself. They showed me that I was having a stroke in my brain and that I would wake up and be partially blind, if not completely blind over time. Uh, and, and, uh, so I guess I would say that I, I knew where I was going and I was kind of looking forward to it so that I was done with the difficulty in walking and what have you. I, I had being aware of what to do how to make choices throughout your life, you gave me a life that I, I didn't have a regret. Mm. I, I didn't need to come back and correct something and was actually quite upset the be back uh, because I knew I would then have to learn how to deal with my blindness and learn how to deal with, um, which thankfully the only effects from the stroke were on my optic sensors in my brain. So I could still walk, even though I have a prosthesis, my left leg is in the above-knee Uh I had learned how to walk, and I like to do construction work and work on my camp and work around the house and um, have a couple of properties that I've worked on, and I was able to accomplish all of that again. Um, but with the, uh, the... So for me, the NDE... Was really, I know that there's life after death. It, it's not, they're not just turned into dust or stone, at the end of your body, but you, your consciousness, what you came here to learn, to work on all of that uh, is still the same. You can pick up any good book and be able to gain the information that I gained from my experience and that's why I say it's more of a confirmation than a revelation mm. but I worked with people that died, I worked with in hospitals, I've worked in, uh, in different areas and so I, a lot of people do not want to talk about death a small group do and I guess that's why I'm speaking to you um, it, it, it's just it, I have no worries about passing over. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm I'm very comfortable with that concept. And I'm 69, and uh, because of all the multiple surgeries, uh, I'm always in a very precarious position.
0: Lib, what do you remember about your NDE? What did, What did you see when you were on the other side?
1: It was actually I I was I would call it a transport vehicle. Um, in the old days it would be the chariot and the, I would think in the eighteen hundreds it would be symbolic of a train. Um, for me what I remember is that it was uh it was a very deep, deep, deep pulsating sound. It was uh like you'd get in an M R I machine. Um, mm. And I'm watching, uh, what I would call standing waves. Similar to Star Trek, this is what it was for me. Okay. In that the vehicle was being assembled. It was a projection from somewhere else. And I don't, did not see any other people, but they, there were people speaking to me and um then I was out of my body and I was looking at um, kind of a, a, a diagram of my body and I could see uh they look like little shots of lightning were coming from my my leg going travelling up, then my chest cavity was illuminated and then it, it went up and illuminated my head and then I was looking at uh, an MRI machine, the screen, you know, what they see when they're imaging your body and they were my two optic sensors and I began to watch them dwindle, the in brightness They went from being bright and I knew that, that this was referring to me having a stroke and and it was attacking my optic processing centers, which by the time I then got to the hospital and I got in the MRI machine, that's really what they found. Mm. So it was, and at the same time, they were saying, just lean back. And uh, so for me, when I take an airplane flight, um, uh, just before takeoff, I like to sort of put my head back and, and I can actually fall asleep quite quickly. But what I did was I, I said to myself, my thoughts went to my wife, my companion and mother of all these years. And it was just all the uh, the times that we held hands and we been together and boom. The vibration stopped, and I was suddenly sitting on the sofa um, wrapped in my quilt. And uh, I was really, you know, I finally yelled out to my wife, and she came down. and uh, But I was really, I, I was happy to go, which is a weird sort of thing, because I didn't hear death, and, and I was blind, and it was just like what I had seen. So then for me the big thing was, Well, now what do I do? And what I found was that you just go back and keep doing what you what I for me I was doing. I mean I had used to be played hockey, I coached hockey, you know, aside from being an orthodontist and a father, I was very active. I used to walk to and from work, uh, which is what amazed me when I actually had trouble with my legs because I've been up on Katahdin, I've been out in Western Maine, I've done all of that uh, stuff with my legs that was in great shape, I thought, but it wasn't to be. So um, I, I guess if somebody has that experience in their back, um, you just there's evidently There's reasons that I still, I I didn't get in. Uh, I like to laugh. I I like to say that it's because I play the piano too loud. And uh, they're not ready ready for that kind of ruckus up there. So, um, But the really difficult thing was that I had to figure out how to still be purposeful.
0: Did they give you any guidance when you heard those voices? Did they give you give you any direction uh, as uh, they, to uh, they, what to do with the rest of your life?
1: No, they, they they said aside from saying lean back, just lean back. They told me not mm-hmm. to touch there was a um I I said I was watching them build standing waves and it was this like liquid silver port and they were getting in Syncopation and I understood it as being probably like a, a cage, a magnetic trap, like you talk about in physics. And, uh, um, I, I, other than the fact that I, when I leaned back and I thought about my wife and was just sending her my love, um, and it all stopped. Mm hmm. So um, no, they didn't say you know don't do this or don't do that for me. And That's why I think right. it's more of an affirmation, you know. You know, but they, they just weren't looking for your piano player, I
0: guess. <laughs> well, also as, in your role as a doctor, you were probably interested in examining all of the insights that they were giving you as to your own body. What was what was oh, happening yeah. there? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's why I had once read somewhere that uh, people report different uh, vehicles, and it's due to their 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 experiences. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. familiar with physics and chemistry and math and medicine, and so there's a whole range. And so for me, it was, and I used to love watching Star Trek. Um, but it was more on that only a, a real and sophisticated way of standing uh, ways That's all I can call it. Is. It was being constructed right around me. And they, the only things they said was one lean back and the other was don't touch those. <laughs> so, uh, no. But other than that, I, they didn't uh, – I wish they had told me there were a couple of lottery numbers to play, but <laughs> –
0: <laughs> well, people sometimes talk about having uh additional insight or uh gifts when they come back um or just a different um uh focus in their lives. Did, did you notice any any differences there?
1: No, cuz I really I really think that you know, I was blessed with a wonderful wife mm-hmm. and great mother to the kids and I I mean, I I, I have degrees from three universities, three different cities, and I have all these, um, all this work experience. And no, I kind of, it was just a, that's why I say it was a a confirmation. You know, Mm. I didn't hear anybody say, oh, geez, not him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, boy, we're going to have, you know, you've got a lot to learn. It, It was really, just uh, was going to be, and I would have passed away. I would have been aware of what was occurring. And I was looking forward to actually, metaphorically speaking, I was waiting for the elevator doors to open.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the uh, things that uh, some musicians have told me about uh, the experience that's typically described as going into the light Um For musicians, sometimes it's going into the music, and they bring back reports of this most amazing, beautiful music—the most beautiful music they've ever heard. And so, I guess it's uh, all of these experiences are, even though they're universal, they're very personal as well. They're very—they're almost designed for the person who uh, is going through the experience.
1: Well said. Very well said. That's. I, yes, I agree with that a, a thousand percent. And, and mine wasn't. The, mine was more. I like to build. I like to rebuild. I like to remodel. So I'm always looking at what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And, and so I guess for me, uh, the, what captured my interest was it. It wasn't. It's unless you've been in an MRI machine, it's really hard to explain. The, the, the low, low, low frequencies that you experience? Some might consider it music, but for me, it was like this whole thing was pulsating and very nicely. And and uh, um, I I I, I, I no, I, I didn't hear any music. Like I said, I think it's because they didn't want to hear mine.
0: Well, I guess so, God's God's vibrations can be can be uh uh understood in in many different ways. But you know what what a uh what a what an affirmation to have gone through uh an NDE and come back and realize that your life has been going in the right direction all along.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it was very it was very nice, um very sobering and, but, but a great affirmation. But I'll also tell you that when you come back, nobody wants to talk about that. You learn very, very quickly to, um, just, just keep it out of sight, I guess you'd say. You, it's, it's not the kind of conversation that even at a dinner party, people lean forward and say, tell me about it. it uh, so I, I, I just, when you have that experience, it's deeply personal and I guess that's where it should be. If I didn't hadn't met you and and if I hadn't been able to play so often on your mother's piano, I probably would have declined wanting to be interviewed. Mm. Just because I didn't think that it was it was relevant to me and those people that already have that understanding it's, it's relevant to them in their own way. And for people that are just curious, um I would just say that there's no big secret. It's how you treat other people. And yes. You spend a life just trying to be helpful, uh, that it's a no sweat transition.
0: And yet I find as a chaplain, uh, especially dealing with palliative care patients, that yeah. uh these stories are so reaffirming, especially to people who were not raised in any kind of religious tradition and are r- truly frightened about the notion of dying, that these yeah. stories are so reaffirming that I, I really do welcome uh people talking about them. I'll always lean forward and say, tell me about it if I hear that uh, someone's had a had an M D E.
1: Yes. Well it, it, because it is it's a because I was able to have experience um with people that were in that same situation. I wasn't a chaplain so I was most of the times I would be an orderly working my way through school. You know, I, I don't call them orderlies anymore, but those are like the male nurses or CNA's of today. Um they, to those people that were thoughtful throughout their life, the concept is a lot easier for them to embrace than if they were um, mostly focused on material. They were focused on this world, they were very attached to this world, and they gave very little thought to spirituality. and it was uh, really just a waste of time because, you know, this is it. You have one life and that's all and you might as well be in the best possible position, that sort of stuff. Um, Then that when they get close to dying and your mind and your soul starts to reflect over your life, then they might have a few more regrets. So Mm -hmm. it can be a wake-up call. Definitely, I can understand that. Right. And, uh, I mean, we are not alone. Never were. And we're just as much alive and even more so when we're on the other side than we are here in a physical body. Mm.
0: Well, in the way that we're treating uh, the environment these days, I mean, when you were more active, you, you loved nature and you loved to be outdoors. And uh, we hear these stories now about the, you know, creatures that we've loved our whole lives going, you know, nearing extinction. It's uh, it can be so depressing. And, and you'd think if people had the bigger picture that their lives, this materialism that we fill our lives with is so temporary and our spiritual nature is the key that we would be kinder to the planet, kinder to each other.
1: Mm, true but that's really the that's always the case I mean we are I i, I think that we're evolving we always evolve and it, we either gain or lose in, in terms of civilization but there's a forward process that's occurring and I think it's part of the Mental side, it, uh, what really comes down is to how you treat one another and there then everything else from climate to what have you, you know, all intertwined. And, uh, I, I just, uh, I'm, I know that it'll continue to go on. I mean, in, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm just down here for the ride that's all and then mm. same with my children and then their children there's always it's always we're much closer to the battlefront between good and bad, intelligent and ignorant. We do things because they're out of ignorance go so toxic on our streams because it's cheaper than doing it. Cleaning it up, you take it. You want to give it back better than it was, you know. But I think that we we in it, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of civilization now has that concept, and and a lot of places really do try. We just it's a big planet, but we're running out of places to dump our garbage. Yeah. And if we didn't have trash pickup here in Bangor, my God. We have a huge pile of refuse. You know. I,
0: I know. So, I know what when it's broken down in various places. Uh, you know, garbage men go on strike in New York City, for instance. The way it the waste accumulates on the streets is just uh, yes. unbelievable.
1: But they have a they have a right to to bargain for better conditions. It's uh, I think both from this side and especially from the other side. You can see both sides in a conflict. Yes. And I, I think that that makes a difference. I think here we're closer to the problem and we don't always have enough distance to understand there's always room for some compromise. And uh, there's always... The technology that would be developed to reprocess waste um, needs to be... I mean, there's a huge area there for knowledge to right. expand. So, I'm I'm pretty confident that I mean, they didn't send me back with any messages, you know, about this or that, and you know, I still put my trash out by the curb, and I'm thankful that someone else takes it away.
0: Oh, but, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I I, I want to ask ask you something, Lib, about uh, to change the subject a little bit. Um. You were raised uh, in a, you know, a traditional religion, and um, and you were comfortable with your NDE. But did you coming back from that? Do you see any ways that religions could be improved? Um,
1: No sense fighting over. That if all religions. Hark back to the fact that this is a creator. If they all point to the same thing, then they become possessive. It's their God, and they forget what God really said, and they forget what good men God sent down to uh, to teach people. Because then what happens is they they become followers of that person and really begin to forget the messages If they're all just nice to each other. It doesn't... It, it'll all work out. But that's just for me. Uh, I, I don't see how I can change any religion. It's not a religion. It's the people that want to follow something. They, they don't want to think about things. They just want to be, belong to something. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah. So it becomes more uh-huh. more a social uh a social concern than a, a personal spiritual one.
1: That and the fact that um it's not a good idea to give away your ability to do your own thinking.
0: Do you see uh, war as a result of um a partial partially as a result of different religious beliefs?
1: Um, I I see it more as good or evil. uh, Those who want to, I mean, I'm I I don't know that that is a bothers me because if you just stay with the basic tenets and you know we have enough food that we grow already, it's just being held back. It's people that the the regimes that stop their own people from receiving food. It's not so much we don't have an abundance, it's that there are people that are choking off what other people need. Mm. So, and then after that, it gets just, for me, I mean, I many, many, many good men have tried to solve those problems, and they're um, it's because of the evilness, meanness, and Mm. incompassion of others that really, I think, create the problem. So it's not the religion. You can wear any kind of coat you want, but in in truth, we're all the same.
0: Yes. I love the fact that uh, Bill Ray does such a wonderful job feeding the homeless and the hungry uh, through manna. And that you come in and supplement that food with a, with a spiritual addition of music that you're playing. Just, uh, it's just a perfect combination for people that aren't well, really being denied, uh, the, a lot of things.
1: I, um, I, thank you. Thank you very much. And I absolutely agree that, uh, Bill Ray, what he does is, uh, he always takes my breath away and the people that he helps um, are wonderful. I mean, I get to know them as people. I get, I, I, I get to know them. That it's, um, it's so difficult to explain for me that I. It's a wonderful experience for me. Mm. We had talked earlier that my parents were against me being a, a musician. They said, "You're going to a dentist." Can play the piano, but a piano player cannot do dentistry. And here on uh, the radio, I should say that my parents were quite correct, and that I held a grudge against them for a good part of my life. But I kind of kept at it anyway. And now here I am, and I can. I'm still useful and productive. And it's nice to sit down and and listen to myself play and, and practice and work on it and see that it. Makes other people happy. They shake my hand. They give me a hug. It's, it, um, I feel very honored to be able to do that. And that's all because of, uh, Dr. Robert Bach. You know Bob Bach?
0: Hmm. Oh, yes. He's
1: a uh, palliative uh, doc, and he is, he sort of tricked me into going to MANA. He said, they come, they eat, they leave. They have a piano there. Maybe if you play some of your ragtime today. <laughs> so we went and, excellent uh, it, yeah so I mean and, and it was a terrible spin it, spin it. and uh. then we then I, we bought a keyboard and that was better but play on your mother's piano and, with this, such a beautiful voice and the play in that, in that church the, the acoustics are so awesome And and I'm happy I have no desire to go play in a bar I have no desire to go play anywhere else I played a couple of times at nursing homes, but um, Mana has been pretty much where I got my musical chops.
0: Yeah, so, that's great. Uh, Liv, know, after- I, I'm afraid we are we are have run out of time. A half hour goes very quickly, but I want to thank you for sharing your your story with us today.
1: You're uh, I just think everybody <laughs> should just just be nice to somebody and
0: absolutely
1: feel the effect. Yeah.
0: Uh, to the audience, if you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For more information about IANS, check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.